A successful retirement plan begins with assembling the right set of tools. Finding the proper ones for the job will allow you to drill down on your goals and nail down your future. Scott Searles, certified wealth strategist and owner of Skybox Financial Group, constructs retirement plans for clients every day and will share that knowledge and insight with you. It's time to open the retirement toolbox and get to work. Hey, thanks for being with us today on the Retirement Toolbox. Hope you're having a fantastic day. And for the next 20 minutes or so, we're going to fill you up with some great financial information with Scott Searles, uh, the president of Skybox Financial Group based in the greater Cleveland area, but serving you Mr. Worldwide, number two, 2.0, not Pitbull, but the other one. Uh, yeah. skyboxfinancialgroup.com, the place to find them. Later in the show, we're going to have a question from Laura, who likes her financial advisor but finds it hard to get in touch with him and uh, has some questions about maybe she's too small to for the advisor to worry about. That sounds concerning. So we'll dive into her question a little bit on today's show. And in a few moments, we're also going to talk about how to retire with honors Financial planning lessons from the classroom, and that'll be fun to talk about as well. Can't wait to dive into it all with you, Scott. Uh, what's going on in your world? Uh, you know what? Just living the dream, living the dream. I, uh, you know, by the time you listen to this, be uh, done with lacrosse and starting to enjoy summer. Yeah. Any big plans this uh, this summer? Any trips or any big travel at all? You know, we're going to take a family vacation, but we haven't, we have the dates. We haven't figured out where we're going yet. Oh, well, that's fun. Yeah. That's kind of fun when you know the date, but then you get to fill it in with something. Yeah, not not that much fun when it oh, comes okay. to my family. When it comes to my I enjoy that. I'd be like, all right, let's just hit the road. Where are we going? I'd be okay with that. But no, not not my family. You know, they they everybody has got an opinion of where they want to go and, and then, you know, that everything's gotta be planned out. So You should yeah, do I, it like a government contract. You 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 know, you that's how you can get the power back in this dynamic. You say, All right. All of you, all the ladies, come up with uh, come up with your suggestion for the trip, and then I'll budget them and pick the cheapest one. <laughs> it's like you're taking the cheapest bid. We're going to go yep. to whoever has the cheapest bid of a vacation. That's totally the way I think too. <laughs> oh, so and so just wants to go to the beach. Perfect, done. It's We're a, not, no, no Spain or Italy or you know. Iceland. Oh yeah, that, that's not on the. Uh, that's not even on the table. Okay, good. I mean, good. So he, like. You know, I'm like, you know, we're talking about, you know, Myrtle Beach. You know, we're thinking, okay, well, we right. don't need to go down to Florida. We can do Myrtle Beach. It'll be good. And I'm like, great, we can drive there. My wife's like, no, we're not. What do you mean? It's not that bad of a drive. It's not that bad of a drive. No, I'm not riding in a car that long. She she hates riding. She's high anxiety riding in a car. She thinks mm. everybody's going to run us over. But yet, you they know, have we'll pills dri- for that, I think, don't they? Yeah, they do. They do. They do. Whether she wants to take them or not. Right, right. Planes have strategies for people that don't like flying on a plane, right? That's right. That's right. Maybe we just get her to chill out and relax. Although it's probably probably illegal to do that inside of a car. Go go figure that, right? Yeah, it's true. Now, now the funny thing is that, you know, we're we're taking our – one of our older twins' daughters' boyfriends with us too, hmm. right? And uh, so there's going to be seven of us. So now that creates other car issues, right? Meaning that maybe I got to rent a minivan and put a turtle on the top, and it starts mm-hmm. to create complications. Yes. Um, so a lot to think about. And uh, so what I was thinking is, you know, 
maybe if I fly a couple of them there and the rest of us drive, that may work. I don't know. So, uh, yeah, you know, to figure lo- out, my friend. logistics, logistics yeah. is an issue, too. Well, good luck with that. Yeah, thanks. We, we, <laughs> First we had the question problems, on the last right? pod, We had the question on the last podcast about what would your college age self think about you, <laughs> and I'm just now picturing your college aged self listening to you explain that dilemma and probably wanting yes. to slap you <laughs> again. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Uh. Well, you got to keep the ladies happy, though, right? I do absolutely. You have zero zero power in that dynamic, so, so I do not. It's okay. Just uh, you, you make it happen, though. You'll pull it all together, <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, well, let's dive into our topic of the day here, Scott, and that is, uh, you know, from time to time here on the show, we like to look at issues faced by people in other professions outside of the financial realm and see what kind of retirement planning lessons we can learn from those other realms. And today we're going to see what we can learn from teachers and the issues that they face and relate that to the financial planning world. So let's talk first about uh, as as we step inside the classroom, we know we're going to have to deal with this, Scott. I'm sure with all of your daughters kind of reaching the end of their schooling years, you're happy to no longer hear the complaints about homework. But when you're in school, pretty much everybody's got homework, right? Right. Everybody just loves homework, right? Yeah. Some teachers might enjoy giving homework assignments. Most of them see it kind of, I think, as a necessary evil. And you won't find, I don't think, a student anywhere that enjoys having to do that homework. But the reality is that there just isn't enough time in the day to cover everything that needs to be covered during school hours. So homework becomes sort of that necessary evil. What's Mm -hmm. maybe the translation here to retirement planning? Well, I think that, you know what, homework is, you know, sometimes it's it's a necessary evil. When it comes to financial planning, though, the whole goal is that instead of you doing all your homework yourself, is you've got somebody in your corner that's going to help you. Think of it as like when your mom's sitting down and helping you with your math. That's what financial advisors do. They sit down and they help you with your homework. They help you to get to get everything done and get everything all straightened out. Uh, instead of you spending all day long, you know, being in class and then doing more homework when you get home. So our job is to take that homework off your table. Now, another way to look at homework, too, is saying that, hey, sometimes we do need you to do some homework, gather up some documents, make a few phone calls, do things that we simply cannot do and give you an assignment. But we're going to we're going to handle 80 percent of that homework for you and more than that and help you you get everything done help you realize your dreams, make sure your goals are going to be met, and make sure that you're going to have the lifestyle and retirement that you want and deserve. Okay, very cool. I like the comparisons there. All right, so lesson number one comes from the homework side of things. Uh, What about standardized testing? We know that it's not ideal in the you know kind of teacher world if you talk to any teacher they probably are going to hate standardized testing in some way shape or form and the feeling that they must teach to the test probably grates against every teacher's Mm -hmm. nerves and also we have to recognize i think that different students learn in different ways and we've heard for years you know some students are good test takers some aren't so standardized tests that have been forced down everybody's throat aren't usually the best indication of how well students are learning. Uh, at least they're difficult to, to say they cover everybody equally. What's the uh, retirement planning equivalent of the kind of, you know, vaunted standardized testing? Well, you, it makes me think uh, back that I've got one daughter of mine that is very smart, good grades, but man, she's just not a good test taker. 
She overanalyzes it. She thinks about it too much. And she never, ever really did super great on, on tests. So when we think of financial planning, uh, our industry has started to become, I guess, standardized, like the standardized tests. You go to some of these big companies, and especially some of the big mutual fund companies, you go online and they're going to have a test for you a little questionnaire that is going to say, you know, when are you going to, you know, when do you want to retire? If the market dropped 20%, what would you do? Jump off the top of the nearest tall building or, you know, you answer all these questions. And with them to come up with a cookie cutter standardized result for you. And not everybody's going to fit into those perfect little models. Everybody's situations are different, and some people are horrible test takers. They overanalyze it, they think about it, and they end up not getting the result they want to from those types of boilerplate kind of financial plans or boilerplate asset allocations. So when you, when you work with a financial advisor, it's a fiduciary, they're going to customize Get rid of the standardized tests. We don't need them. What we need is for you to learn and to be educated in a way that's going to help you meet your financial goals without, without the standardized tests. We don't need them in financial planning, not if you're working with somebody that truly has your best interests in heart. If you feel like you have a cookie-cutter plan or are being pitched one and would rather go the customization route, which always is going to be better for your situation, reach out to Scott by calling 888-742-0111, and you can do a review of your financial plan to see if it is indeed cookie-cutter, and then also see the difference in what a customized plan can deliver. You can also schedule that time to visit with Scott by going to talkwithscott.net. That's talkwithscott.net. All right, we're talking about teachers and uh, the, the classroom, lessons from that world so we can retire with honors. Everything has pros and cons. I think most rational people would agree that teaching can be a brutal profession. Scott, mm -hmm. constantly dealing with unruly kids, grading papers late at night, not getting mm -hmm. paid enough, all that kind of stuff. At the same time, you can get summers off, and you're usually able to retire at a relatively young age with a pension in many cases. So like everything in life, it has those pros and cons. What about in the financial world? Do you see a similar dynamic at play? I do. And I think it, it, all investment strategies and products are always going to have pros and cons. There's good things to them and there's bad things. The secret is going to be getting the ones that work best for you and making sure you understand the pros and cons and, and something that always you know, that pops up is like annuities, for instance, right? Annuities can be really good for somebody that doesn't need access to their money regularly and wants to protect from market losses, but still have an opportunity to get some growth. So those are pros to it. The cons are that most likely they're going to have a surrender period where you're going to have to keep your money in there for a certain amount of time. You're going to might have some fees that come off of it if you take your money out early, as well as it's going to limit or cap in a lot of cases the market growth you could get. So you have to weigh those pros and cons and say, are the pros 
more important for me than the cons. And then work with somebody that's going to explain those pros and cons for you and not just try to push something on you. And that's one example. Mutual funds, you know, an example too. They can create phantom income. Sometimes you can lose money and still get a 1099 saying you owe taxes on, on your loss. Um, and the fees are a little bit higher. ETFs, they've got pros and cons too. And you can go on and on and on with just about every financial product out there. You just need to take your time and weigh whether the pros are going to outweigh the cons and if it makes sense for your specific situation. Another good lesson to learn there for sure. All right, now something else that we see teachers do, most teachers plan out the whole year with a written lesson plan. They spend a lot of time, in fact, planning that curriculum for the whole school year. They know kind of what you're doing day by day, even week by week breakdown. Uh, Written down, often given to students at the beginning of the year. You might hear it called like a syllabus or something like that. It sets expectations for what the desired goals are to achieve along the Mm -hmm. way and at the end of the semester. I'm guessing that uh, financial plans are kind of designed the same way, right? Well, it's a softball one, isn't it, right there? It's just a little right up, huh? lob it right in. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what we do. We want to plan things out. We want to plan out the rest of your life to the best of our ability. Obviously, you know, our crystal ball is going to be fuzzy just like yours. Things are going to pop up. Things are going to have to change, and you're going to have to modify your plan. But just like a teacher plans out that whole year, when you sit down with a financial advisor, you want to plan out your retirement. You want to plan out your whole life and project them what things you think are going to happen later on down the road, how much income you think you're going to need when you get in retirement, and you know, structure everything appropriately. So a written financial plan is exactly the same thing that a teacher does. Great point there. Uh, let's also talk about age-appropriate instruction. You don't just teach calculus to first graders, and ideally you've advanced beyond basic reading comprehension after your first couple of years in school. And teachers change how they teach. Kids learn, you know, the way they learn changes over time as they get older as mm-hmm. well. And so instruction molds around that. Is retirement planning the same way, age-appropriate instruction, really important? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just think about it. When you're in your 20s and you're just saving as much money as you can in your 401k at work, you're going to most likely be invested aggressively because you've got you've got 40 years before you're even going to access that money. So you can let the markets work. You can get more aggressive. But as you get to retirement, you're going to want to have buckets of money that's kind of set aside for you to provide income that's not exposed to the markets. You're going to want to have money that's growing and that you don't need to access so that you can handle the market fluctuations and, and the volatility of the markets. So, yeah, as you get older, depending on your age, you're going to want to do things differently based on what your goals are and what your age is. That's all really important, I think. And we also want to talk about customized learning approaches, because if English is your second language, there's a structure to help you learn that aspect as well uh, as keep up within the regular curriculum. Special needs students have resources available to them to help Mm -hmm. them succeed. Students that are highly advanced in math or science and other subjects can take more challenging classes like AP credits, or they can even enroll in college courses early 
and other solutions like that. And that flexibility really seems to help students succeed no matter their different life stages that they're at. And so I would imagine kind of important in the same way, this is getting away from that cookie cutter plan again to kind of see, mm-hmm. I don't know, is this Scott where you, hey, if you get a client who has $2 million and somebody who has $200,000, you're developing a little bit different plans based on kind of just where they are in life, not necessarily age, but other factors also lead to that customization. Absolutely. And then when you talk about that, you know, the customized the learning approaches is that everybody has a different knowledge level of, you know, finances. So when I sit down and I meet with somebody, I just brought on a new client a few weeks ago where she is not very well versed and she has a little higher anxiety level. So I need to maybe put my kid, my kid gloves on a little bit and, you know, kind of walk her through some more things than I wouldn't necessarily need to do with some other people that were very well versed in these types of things. Because, you know, the goal here is that in order for you to be able to accomplish your goals, you do need to feel confident in that plan and what you're doing. So just having, you know, the customized plan, number one, but then making sure somebody's making sure that you understand every aspect of that plan is going to give you the confidence to be comfortable in your retirement. Kind of fun talking about these other professions and some of this more uh, kind of passionate conversation about you know what what it's really all about and and the customizing and thinking about what teachers go through uh, for helping you know adapt and develop all of these things in our youngsters is is pretty cool. And yeah. also neat seeing the parallels to the financial side. Let, let's do one more here, Scott. Okay. Lifelong learning. Some of my best teachers, as I think back over the years of, of being in school, talked about this a lot. It wasn't so much the, the thing we were learning in class that day. That was important, too. But the ones that I really remember always try to tie it into the bigger picture and just make us into curious people, lifelong learners. Mm-hmm. And just learning that that's a great habit to develop. And we probably all had teachers like that 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 kind of stood out and helped us embody that or embrace that a little bit. Learning doesn't stop when you hit 18 or 21, and good teachers instill that in their pupils. Uh, Do you embrace that as well as a financial advisor, just sort of that like helping your clients like learn even beyond once they get their plan in place? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when we meet with our clients, we always have when we meet something that we want to educate them about. So for instance, when we met with clients in the beginning of this year, we had a white paper on the Secure Act 2.0. So we talked about that. And how is it going to imply to you? These are the things, oh, you know, you're, you're gonna, you can now wait to age 73 before you have to start taking money out of your retirement. So different things apply to different people. So we want to continue to learn, have instruct people and make sure that they're always on top of all these changes because, yeah, I mean, you should never stop learning. And, you know, that leads into our, you know, client ed- education events too. That way people can feel comfortable, you know, with their plans once again because they're knowledgeable. Uh, I used to make a joke that I would like to have my clients be more knowledgeable than the average financial advisor. That would make them great clients. Well, I'd like that. That's a, that's really good, right? Uh, it doesn't say a lot for the average financial advisor, though, at the same time. But <laughs> that's true. You're kind of telling us two things at once here, Scott. I think that's, that's important. But I'm not average, so. Yeah. Oh, well, no, we know that. that yes. But g- giving yes. us a little peek behind the curtain of the financial world, perhaps. <laughs> Uh, Well, there you go. Great things to talk about in the teaching profession and in the classroom and with some of those 
things embodied, folks, you can certainly retire with otter uh, with honors. Uh, or otters, too, depending on where you live. I don't know. There might be an otter yeah. hanging around. Uh, <laughs> never know. Uh, but no, retiring with honors, that's what we want to accomplish. So uh, instill some of these principles, and you'll be in good shape. Again, if you've got questions on anything we've talked about so far or want to discuss with Scott putting together a plan for your financial future, all you have to do is pick up the phone and give him a call at 888-742-0111. That's 888-742-0111. Or online at talkwithscott.net talkwithscott.net, and that contact info is in the description of today's show. Coming up next, it's time to get to know Scott a little bit better. It's getting to know you time. All right, Scott, the question for you today is a simple one. What is the best part of your day? Well, you know, I always say it's a great day every day that I wake up, but I would say my best part of my day is at night when I get to just hang out with my family and chill out. Absolutely. All right. So that was your brownie points answer. Yeah. And that's 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 your family answer. Now now give me one that's just you. Because, yeah, just you. What's something that you look forward to when you're working or solo? Well, a favorite part of my – I would probably have to say when, you know, I don't do it every day. But I really do uh, enjoy working out when I do work out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. Kind of your time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do enjoy it. And – uh you know, but uh, like I said, I don't do it like I should do it or as often as I do it, but uh, I do enjoy it when I do. When you do it, it's the best part of your day. All those, Absolutely. All those beta endorphins are getting released, and you're just feeling good about things. So, Absolutely. I like that. That's good. Yeah. I, I would go, uh, obviously, I'll score the brownie points first, and you know, when Connie comes home from work and we get to see each other and hang out at night, best part of the day, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, but I'll throw in there, um, I really like in the morning, um, I, don't, I don't do it every morning, but I do it most mornings. Uh, get up pretty early. I'm trying to become a, a, a morning runner. It's, it hasn't worked yet, okay. but it's a goal every day. It doesn't always work, but that would be nice. I would like for that to be the best part of my day to get things started. But no, I really enjoy getting a cup of coffee um, at the local place here called Ziggy's. I've become a big fan okay. of Ziggy's. They all know me really well there, which probably tells you how often I go. I pull up and they say, hey, Walter, pull around. <laughs> and then <laughs> if I haven't been for a couple of days in a row, they'll say, where you been? <laughs> so it's a good sign. Um, but then I usually will get that and I'll go park and I'll look at the mountains and, uh, and just drink my coffee and uh, just kind of roll the windows down on the car, shut the car down, watch the clouds float through the mountains and the sun rises and starts to hit the mountains and they start, you know, just glowing. And I just sort of think about the day and get mentally ready and just sip on the coffee for a couple of minutes and then zip back home and get the day started. But that couple of minutes to just kind of take a breath before, you know, the craziness of the day hits is one of my favorite things. You have your special spot where you park? Got a little spot. Yeah, it's in a just a kind of a big empty parking lot, but then there's big open space back behind it. I mean, honestly, we have a, a nice view from our back porch. I should just drive home and go sit on the porch. I don't know why I don't do that, but um, that that would make <laughs> why a lot make more it easy? <laughs> why not just brew your own coffee and sit on the back porch? It's and never as good. I'm terrible at making that? coffee. It just it's never tastes that good. I don't. It's know. at Ziggy's and Ziggy's. I well, I part of it's missing a commute. I do miss commuting now that I you mm-hmm. know kind of work from home all the time. So I think part of it's just that. I just like that still that feeling of getting in the car, listening mm-hmm. to either a podcast or some music or whatever to kind of start your day, talking to somebody, um, you know, like yeah. at the at the you know saying hello to a human being before the day starts. Because yes. sometimes Connie and our schedules don't match up in the morning. She might still be sleeping by the time I'm doing an interview, um, or right. she'll be out the door early if I'm taking a day to sleep in a little bit. So. 
you know, so it just gives me a chance to say hello to somebody before the day starts and see a human before I'm kind of locked into a room for the next 10 hours. So, I like it. Yeah. So that's kind of why I like it too. Totally unnecessary. You're right. But it's a good part of the day, I think. Whatever uh, well, there makes you, go. you happy, Walter. That's right. Whatever works. I think that's what Connie says. Whatever works. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's get a question from Laura to wrap up today's episode. As we open it's up the time mailbag. for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. All right, so Laura says, I like my financial advisor, but he's hard to get in touch with. I rarely get phone calls returned, and I wonder if my account is too small for him to worry about. I have about $350,000 with him, and I believe most of his accounts are a million or more. Is this a common problem? Unfortunately, it is a common problem, Laura. It, uh, you know, a lot of the times, the way that financial advisors, especially at some of the bigger firms, they're, they're encouraged, you know, to have more and bigger clients. So sometimes some of the clients, though, $350,000 you know, I applaud you for saving that. That that's that's a good job, but sometimes you know those those accounts happen to slip through the cracks a little bit. Uh, so I think the key is for you to, even though you like them, just to simply just find a financial advisor that is more focused on you and that can be there for you. Because you know, I hear that a lot where they never return my phone calls, my account wasn't big enough, or I wasn't doing this, and. You know, unfortunately, our industry, that does happen a little bit too often. So I think it's maybe, though you like him, it's time to maybe look around a little bit and find somebody that will give you the attention that you deserve, Laura. Yeah, not a great way to be, uh, you know, to be treated or uh, no longer a good fit for that person in your stage of life and where you stand right now. So, yeah, writing on the wall sometimes, right, Scott? That's exactly, exactly. Good question, Laura. Thanks for sending us that one. Uh, great questions all around on today's show. Scott, thank you for the guidance and advice on the program today. Always appreciate your perspective on these matters, and uh, we'll queue up some good topics for uh, next month. Absolutely. It's the best part of my day, Walter. Oh, hey, there we go. All right. <laughs> now we figured out the best part of the day. Oh, it only happens once or twice a month, but uh, that's still, right. still good stuff when it does. <laughs> Uh, again, if you've got questions for Scott, you know if you talk to him, it's going to be the best part of your day, too. Uh, you can call 888-742-0111 or go to talkwithscott.net. So easy to book a time to chat. Talkwithscott.net is the website, and you can also find that info in the description of today's show. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time on the Retirement Toolbox with Scott Soros. Go Guardians. Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.